1: Aki and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand,
0: Football.
2: Hi, Matthew. Ahoy, football friends. Yes. Yes. Why, wait, why would football music ever end when it was playing?
1: Hold on. All right. We can rectify that.
2: that mm. Kind of gets nope. me in the right Nobody panic. Mood. There you go. There you okay, go. all right. I'm back on. I'm back on. That's, here we go. Those
1: are Judd's drums, actually. Got to eat. Yep. Yep. Yeah, got to right. eat. We were talking about this during the break. And this is a And This is an interesting week here because not only, not even like just week three, but literally like the next week from now until next Thursday. You're a 17 point favorite over a really bad team and you're playing at home. So in theory, you should dispose of this team, the Buffalo Bills, in the first half and then maybe start thinking to the short week against one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL where you're traveling to the West Coast. How should the Vikings play this with Dalvin Cook's hamstring? Because I don't I don't think it makes sense to play Dalvin Cook if he's anything less than 1000 percent, which clearly he is less than 1000 percent. Yep. What do you think they do?
2: I think that they sit Delvin Cook uh, because he has to be ready if they're going to beat the Los Angeles Rams and Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he's going to have to be not just okay, not just in the lineup, not just 75%. But if you're beating those teams, he's going to have to be 100% and a huge part of the offensive game plan. And for this week... With Latavius Murray, it's not like you lose a ton. I mean, there is some drop-off. Latavius Murray cannot line up at wide receiver. Latavius Murray doesn't have the vision that Delvin Cook does, the receiving ability that Delvin Cook does, or even kind of the shiftiness. And the tackle breaking you see is amazing from Delvin Cook. So he's not the same caliber of player, but he was a pro bowler just in 2015, and he was very solid last year. And also they have two guys who showed a lot of flashes in the preseason, Mike Boone and Rock Thomas, who you could mix in and see what they got a little bit in this game and not feel like you have to completely blow up the game plan because Delvin can't play. And this is a Buffalo Bills team that I think you can easily beat without your star running back, but I don't think you can beat those other teams without Cook.
3: Yeah, Is Elf lineback, or is that... One where they where he's practicing again now, but they hold him out Sunday and then wait for the Rams game.
2: That's tough because he's fully practicing, and he strikes me as the type of guy that as soon as he's fully practicing, he's going to want to get out there and play really badly. Sure. I'm certain after he watched the tape of last week that he is desperate to get out there and give them a hand in the running game, especially. But you know, it's not like they're going up against the same caliber of defensive line. But if there's any area where the Bills are halfway decent, it is in the defensive line, and it's not that they'd be good enough to blow up the whole game plan but if you're talking about coming and running them over 21 points in the first half, 21 nothing or 28 nothing, like other teams have done, I mean you, you want to be at 100% or as close to that as you can be uh, and having him back would be a big difference maker I think you've seen it, if you didn't understand how good he was last year if you thought like okay yeah I mean we've seen a lot of good centers around here, then when you see a replacement level player that's when you really realize, okay, Pat Elfline was very, very good. He is well above replacement level to get him back in. If it isn't, if Delvin Cook can't go, then that gives them a big bonus for being able to run, especially up the middle, establish a, a bit of a screen game and get him out in space. Um, but there's an argument to go either way for playing him. There's, okay, well, the, he'd have to turn around quickly and play the Rams and Aaron Donald and Dominic and Sue. That's tough. But also, do you want to make your season debut against those guys? Or would you like a tune-up? Would you like the first half, get up 28 nothing, and then put mm-hmm. Brett Jones in? Or
1: even first half, game is kind of close, put Brett Jones in. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. just I don't know. I mean, the, the big problem here is if you fall down 10 to nothing for some reason against the Buffalo Bills, and now all of a sudden you're in gangbusters mode to try and come back and win it and have to travel five days later. I mean, ideally, you'd just be up 14-rip in the first quarter and smooth sailing,
0: right? Yeah. Well, does Josh Allen... Matthew, have any chance to have any form of success in this game or is this going to be a bloodbath for him?
2: In the NFL, I, I usually don't like to say anything so definitively, but no, he has no chance. It's there's no, no way. It, there's no way. Mean, That's really
1: just, definitive right it, there, Matthew. It, the, the, the Aaron Rodgers struggles against Mike Zimmer defense.
2: Right. I mean, until Drew Brees went full legend in the fourth quarter of that playoff game, we had seen Drew Brees struggle there. Aaron Rodgers struggle in U.S. Bank Stadium. The only quarterback who lit up that team was Andrew Luck, but there were a lot of other factors that went into that one: injuries and the season was kind of falling. Apart with Adrian Peterson drama in 2016. That's the only quarterback I've seen have a really good day there. Matt Stafford got a win last year, but it was 14 to 7. And young, inexperienced quarterbacks coming into U.S. Bank Stadium have been a disaster. I mean, Brock Osweiler, I remember it was, I think, Daniel Hunter after the game said or Anthony Barr said about Brock Osweiler. Like, yeah, he was he was terrified. He was terrified. Yep. He was looking down <laughs> at us instead and of at, at his wide receiver. If I, yes. if I were
3: the Bills, I wouldn't start this kid not you in know. this game.
1: Oh, but, okay,
0: so but Nathan Nathan Peterman Peterman. So no, you sure would just, ju- yes. you would just well, either one of them it's going to yes. be horrible. But I don't so. care. Yeah. If well, I, Peterman gets eaten up, I don't care. I feel I, like the only way the Bills are going to find their way up 10-0 or 7-0 in this game is if it's like a fumble return touchdown or like a block punt or something. Special like teams, week. man. Oh, a block, oh,
1: block punt touchdown. Okay, Manny. All right. That. <laughs> That'll never happen. Yeah. We don't see I, those. Okay. I would be
2: concerned about the special teams, the way that it's performed over the first two weeks. It has not been very pretty. Uh, but aside from that, and I think the Bills probably do have decent special teams, but that's one thing I haven't grinded the tape on yet, Judd. Wow. Just I'm Why only not?
0: I'm only going Evan off. One... Bro- Evan broken down the long snapping and the <laughs> punting game for the Buffalo. I'm walking Bills. out. Yeah,
2: no. football stinks.
0: I love uh, how
1: you just like kind of casually speculated about the Bills special teams right yeah. there. Well, well,
2: no, I am going off something that Mike Prefer said. He kind of insinuated that the offense and defense for the Bills are terrible <laughs> to say like if they have one unit that's pretty good, it's their special <laughs> team. So I'll just I'm just gonna go and take his word for that. Uh but judging on how poor it's been for the Vikings, that's the only area you could see any sort of issue happening here. For the Bills, I think it's malpractice to put Josh Allen in this situation. what I'm saying I mean this this is a guy who is more raw of a quarterback prospect than Patrick Mahomes, and it's not really even close. Like, Mahomes is a similar sort of raw prospect, but Allen is way more raw of a guy who couldn't even succeed at Wyoming. Now, maybe you believe in the long-term projection, but you're going to bring him here against a Super Bowl contender, the best defense in the NFL, pro bowlers all over the field, and a defensive genius on the other we, side? We should play, that's what you're really going to do dome. to him? We
1: should play yeah. Josh Allen bingo during, during Ventline or something. <laughs> like we should, it should be. It, it will will we get a Brock Osweiler run out of the back of the end zone out of fear? Uh, Darnowski, man, or Dan Dan what did I say? Yeah, Darnowski. Dan, Dan Dan Dan. Yeah. I mean Brock. Osweiler I'm missing my O. Yeah, starting last name with O names. Like, we're, we're I, I want, is it five sacks or more, pick sixes,
0: fumbles, like all of it on a bingo start card? Start
3: Peterman. Just start, who cares? Yeah. I, who cares? What, Peterman
0: what, will give you all of that, too. I feel like we're going to see right. something like, remember when Aaron Brooks, like, threw the ball backwards? He was yeah, getting yeah. sacks. He was <laughs> playing for the Saints. That clip is on YouTube, still. Threw the ball still. backwards? Yeah. I feel like we're going to see something <laughs> wacky like that.
2: What baffles me about this Bills team, though, is that they had the guy who could have been the punching bag. What do you call him in boxing? Tomato can? Yeah. Like, they have the guy that could have just rolled out there and gotten his. Face kicked in by every team, and then they get rid of him. But they're tomato. Was AJ McCarron, they traded. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, you meant Peterman. But, but they traded him. I don't understand it. Like, why would you get rid of bad that guy? locker room guy? You had That's him. what I said oh bad locker room guy. Who cares? Who but here is the best part. Okay. Right. So, is, yeah. but
1: Nathan Peterman is a tomato can too. Quit.
2: But they're tomato. <laughs> he retired.
0: Adapted.
2: <laughs> took an overhaul. all we're really concerned about is this locker room. The guy <laughs> you know, you his know what else? On and leaving in the middle of the game. You
0: know what else is bad for a locker room? Bad quarterback play yes (laughs) that's also bad for a locker room
2: well what's bad for a locker room too is when everyone feels like this young quarterback is being put in so far and over his head that's not even his fault then you start looking at your coaches and your management and going what the hell are you guys doing
1: so there are they to the point where so nathan peterman is their tomato can guy right just whatever sacrifice him is he but he's so bad yeah they they think he's so bad they're willing to jeopardize the development of their first round draft pick quarterback just so they don't have to watch Peterman throw fourteen the, interceptions. The issue with this game, though,
3: and I'm I'm not going too far by saying this, this is the type of game that can ruin a career.
2: Oh yeah, oh I definitely I think mm-hmm. I think and it's not entirely like I never really liked Brock Osweiler as a prospect anyway, but when he came to Minnesota. They were still, I think, fairly competitive, the Texans at that point, and he hadn't been terrible. And I'm not saying that's the game that ruined his career, but I've never seen someone look so terrified playing quarterback, at least in person. Orlovsky did. I mean, you know what?
0: Credit
1: to Orlovsky. First of all, he's one of the best analysts I've heard, one of the best new analysts I've heard. He's on ESPN. His Twitter profile, it's like, former quarterback, blah, blah, blah and wishes end zones were 11 yards long. Sorry, he's <laughs> self-aware enough, at least. Uh, the Football Hour continues with Tom Pellicero next from NFL Network. But Judd Zolgad, you have a friend to introduce here. I do indeed. It's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated
4: advice. Hello.
5: What is it you're trying to say?
4: Now, back to Mackie and
0: Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. <laughs> Quick look at your traffic here in the TCL broadcast studios. 94 westbound. We have an 11 minute delay. That's due to a crash in between 280 and Huron. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Also, 35W southbound, a crash there, delaying things by a few minutes. Uh, that is between uh, County Road D and County Road C uh, near uh, St. Anthony. So be on the lookout for that. Manny, would you say you're here on? There's a crash out there? Wow. Wow. Such you can cute. stop. Wow, man! And
2: that concludes today's football
1: hour. <laughs> now it's time for the hockey hour. Wow, uh, Judd, You see what just happened here before we get Pelicero on? No, little, all. little little eagle on eighteen oh. for our guy here. Tied. Oh, I'm very excited. You didn't think that my Tiger Woods love would stop just because we switched time slots, did you? Now I we get to, to react to his rounds. Now we get we get to react to his rounds in this time slot instead of just waiting for them. I'm, I can't wait for that tomorrow. I think we devote a full hour to Tiger Woods. Tour championship run. Do
3: you want to just rejoin the show? Why don't you work with me Monday through Wednesday, and you take Thursdays and Fridays to do all the administrative <laughs> stuff, so you can sit in your office and watch Tiger closely.
1: Think, okay, I'm fine. I would actually be fine with that. Yeah. Football, yeah.
3: <laughs> football, football, yeah, yeah football, yeah. Football. Yeah. football. But enough Tiger
1: Woods. This is the this is the football hour. We got Matthew Collar in here, Manny, and Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. Answer us this Tom Pellicero, what is the NFL's end game on these 15 yard penalties that are not not only are viewers confused and Clay Matthews is confused and you've done wonderful reporting on this but when Mike Pereira and Dean Blandino are contradicting what the league office is is trying to push out, I think we need to come to jesus meeting what's the end game here in your mind and what you're hearing
6: the end game I would say is simply that they want to protect quarterbacks player safety is a real thing, but even more so than that, it's just the reality that with guys like Aaron Rodgers hurt last year, the game is worse off board. Now, you heard what Aaron Rodgers had to say yesterday, that he didn't think play Matthews penalty was in fact uh, something that should be flagged. He did not think the Eric Kendricks hit on him is something that should be flagged. So, I would think that those types of comments would certainly resonate uh, as people are looking at this, but So they want to really enforce the existing rules. These are not new rules. You know, the intimidating uh, acts has always been on the books. The body weight, which is something that was a big thing at week one, that's been on the books. They're enforcing these to a pretty stringent degree, and it will be fascinating. I I talked about this uh, the other day on the Rap Sheet and Friends podcast, which I'm sure everyone is already subscribing to via Westwood One. Uh, It'll just be fascinating to see now how does this evolve in the weeks to come you know, does it is it continually, uh, you know, evaluated and officiated as stringently as it is now? All I know is they put up the teaching tape this week to clubs, showing the matches, showing the Kendricks hit, and saying that scoop and pull technique that's a foul.
3: So, Tom, what is a, because ordin, ordinarily I would say that you were right about this, and so eventually they would call this very tightly for let's say five weeks, and then start to uh, start to pull back a little bit, which I don't think is going to happen now. So. As you talk to people around the league, what's going to become the theory or working way in which defenders are going to be taught to hit QBs? Because we are now, we've entered an area where it's completely changed, and if you do what you could have done for probably the first five or six years of your career, that's now going to draw a flag.
6: And that's a huge part of it, and that comes with every safety rule. I mean, you guys remember when defenseless receiver, you know, five, ten years ago, whatever it was, when that became the focus, and all of a sudden you had guys who you wondered, you know, DJ Swearinger, can he actually play in the league? Well, what happened eventually? The the guys just technique. I thought that the you know the Vikings Packers game was a perfect example of it. Now, or maybe I shouldn't say perfect, because I don't think anybody wants Mike Daniels to come up, give Kirk Cousins a brief bear hug, and then back away quickly like he's outwearing deodorant. That's an extreme case, but there's certainly, you know, that fear among defensive players right now of, okay, am I going to get called? You know, Anthony Barr doesn't hit Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. That's probably a function of it too. Sheldon Richardson, you watch that. You know, he got flagged in week one for body weight. He had a hit on Aaron Rodgers outside the pocket where he definitely, if you go back and look at it, he contorts his body, rolls to the side, does not land on him. That's the stuff that they point to. But, you know, again, the, the scoop and pull technique of grabbing the, the, quarterback around the back of the legs, lifting him and putting him down. Is that actually what Clay Matthews is doing? You know, I know that the the Packers fans have seen plenty of people send me the screenshot that Matthews has an arm down. Um, you know, it's tough. These guys are calling it in real time. They just have certain guidelines that they're looking for. And, again, it's, it's not a matter of you know, changing the language, changing the new rules. There are no new rules. I can't say that enough. It's just a matter of how clearly, how um, you know, often do you actually want to enforce them.
2: Tom, let me uh, switch gears to another Tom Johnson, who is back with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. You were the first on that story. It's very strange that the Seattle Seahawks let him go with plans to re-sign him as if they thought they could just let a starting three technique out there and nobody would notice or call. And now he's back with the Minnesota Vikings and the rich get richer on their defensive line. What happened there how did the seattle let him go like that to allow him to come back to the vikings
6: it is unusual matthew you know in terms of a player getting let go who started at week one and as one executive for a different team not the vikings not the seahawks but a different team uh, said immediately called me when he saw my tweet and said what happened because the guy played good in week one it was a matter of the seahawks had a lot of different injuries they had to figure out where are they going to be able to come up with a roster spot? And what they determined was they didn't want to expose somebody to waivers who potentially could get claimed. They thought that Johnson, they could cut him. Maybe there would be interest. But, you know, they love the guy, too. I mean, they, they, they talk highly of Tom Johnson out in Seattle, or they did prior to all this. Um, Johnson was really happy being out there, um, but certainly not happy that they decided to let him go. So, so I can tell you that Johnson had multiple offers and, had, in fact, was really close to agreeing a terms with a different team. Uh, and it was Andre Patterson, the Vikings defensive line coach, who called him that morning that I reported that he had uh, agreed to terms and just said, hey, man, we need you. Everybody in the Vikings organization had been calling, um, you know, a bunch of different people trying to get him there. But when Andre Patterson called, explained the situation, Johnson uh, called his agent, Barbie Garamani, and said, you know what? I'm going back to Minnesota. Cut on the plane. And he headed up there. He's got some pretty um, reachable incentives, you know, and he gets the double dip because not only did Seattle lose their starting three technique, uh, but they also are on the hook for termination pay, and he can uh, get twice the salary.
0: So, Tommy, I'm trying to understand what's going on in Buffalo right now. The, the Bills are coming into town. Don't, and, Manny. And the... <laughs> do not do that. That's your first mistake. <laughs> so the Bills are going to start Josh Allen against the Vikings, and – I, I can't imagine a, a, a worse scenario for a rookie quarterback that is still very raw by all accounts and he has to go into US Bank Stadium against Mike Zimmer's defense with that raucous crowd. I, I, I just I don't understand why the Bills are, are forcing this kid out here when they had a veteran guy in AJ McCarron in preseason who they traded away.
6: Well, there were a lot of different factors there, Manny. You know, part of it being AJ McCarron was nicked up in the preseason. The initial diagnosis said that he had a fractured collarbone. It ended up not being that. He was able to practice the following week. But, you know, he was beat up. He did not perform particularly well in games. And really the Bills' philosophy all along was, we are going to play the guy who is best. Not because of where he was drafted or where he wasn't drafted, not because of anything else. They didn't want to risk credibility in the locker room. They felt like that guy was Nathan Peterman. So if you're going to have Peterman and you draft the Josh Allen in the top half of the first round, then where does that leave Adrian McCarran? You're not going to have a third stringer making five million dollars who's a veteran who wants to go, so, you know, go somewhere and play. So he ends up going to Oakland. They got value for him. I mean, they got a fifth round pick, um, you know, for virtually nothing. I can't remember exactly what he had gotten for upfront money, but you know, they more or less bought a fifth round pick on the Chiefs. They move McCarron on and and certainly when you go with a guy in Peterman in week one you're not thinking by the third quarter it's a disaster and you've got to yank him out. You know, but that that was the thought process. So you go to Allen and there's a lot of different things that they like about him. They like, you know, the overall makeup of him. Obviously he's a big, strong physical guy, and you know, one of those quarterbacks kinda of fills up the door when he walks into the room. That oppresses everybody as he's going through the pre draft process. Um, you know, but he's got a lot to learn. I don't think anybody there has any illusions about Josh Allen being a completed product at this point? You know, my my concern just with the Bills team overall, just looking at them on paper going into the season, and those other scouts and coaches have told me that they lost so much on that offensive line. I mean, Eric Wood retires, Richie Incognito moves on, and they trade away Cordy Kalan. I mean, that's a, that's a ton of a ton of movement. So now, yeah, in these types of weeks, talk about pressure when you're going up against maybe the best and most talented defensive front in the league on the road with a rookie quarterback, that's about the stuff that it gets.
2: Moves on is definitely one way to describe Richie Incognito's uh, last six months or so. (laughs) It's been a a, a kind of a wild ride. And he followed me on Twitter, which was uh, unexpected as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom, what's going on with Shady McCoy? Speaking of a guy that has had some, some rough times here off the field, he's a little dinged up now coming to this game. He's still a dangerous player, but it seems like these distractions off the field have to add up for him eventually.
6: Kind of had distractions though for years now. I mean, going all the way back to when Chip Kelly traded him away. There's still an active lawsuit against him in Philadelphia. Now, I'm sure it's not pleasant to you know, be accused of abusing your young son. Uh, we've seen that in Minnesota before. Um, you know some of the the difficult things that that can lead to. You know, cost Adrian Peterson almost an entire season. Uh, you know, one of the differences, at least my understanding is from the league's perspective, is. Everything that's playing out right now is a civil case. With Peterson, you know, he was indicted by a grand jury in federal court. Uh, in this case, it's McCoy is being sued, and now his, the mother of his child is um, you know, issued an affidavit in support of that. So there's no movement on the league front. I know that my colleague Ian Rappaport reported probably a month or so ago that absent any new evidence there would be no league discipline uh, against LaShawn McCoy. Uh, this is, does not appear to be on the legal front playing out particularly quickly here. So you know, from the Bills' perspective right now, just trying to get a win and quell all the negativity that's out there right now. Their main concerns, yeah, is the guy healthy? Can he give him what they need to? Because that, he is still a central piece of that offense.
1: Yeah. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, and one of the founding fathers of 1500ESPN.com. We'll catch up next week, man. I didn't
6: even get to tell you where I am this week, so you're gonna cut me off. You're not gonna ask what game I'm at. I'm not like you, still. Where are you,
3: Tom? What game? Let's put it actually let, let's cut Colts him before Eagles. he says Eagles.
6: Colts, Eagles, Carson Wentz, the return game, huge one. Live coverage Sunday morning, NFL Network.
1: Hold on, let's what, wait, wait hold on. What hold on. time again? Tom? Wait a second, no no no. Do that do that whole thing over one more time. Go ahead.
6: Uh live coverage, Eagles and Colts. Carson Wentz comeback game, Sunday Lincoln Financial Field, live coverage in the morning on NFL Network.
3: Yeah. Over over under on batteries that hit Tom. I'm three I'm thinking three batteries hit you one in the head.
1: Now we're in the Santa suit, so I think I'm gonna be alright. All right. Alright, <laughs> right, bye Tom. Thanks. Be right, safe because cool. the
3: cops aren't going to help you in Philly. Uh,
1: we'll check in uh, on the Buffalo side to see what they think about this massacre that's likely to ensue at U.S. Bank Stadium next, and we'll wrap with Roycey later.
4: Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages.
0: That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On
4: 1500 ESPN.com. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, man. On 1500 ESPN.
5: Hit as he throws going for feeling. He's got it. Waiting for a single touchdown. Oh
1: my! Alright, well the well, the offense is something you feel very good about uh with with the Vikings. And by the way, we're gonna we we were gonna have Joe uh Bascalia on from Seven eyewitness news in Buffalo. We're having trouble tracking him down. Collar's going to get him on a podcast sometime here soon so you guys can see if Buffalo actually thinks they have a chance to do something at U.S. Bank Stadium. I guess they probably no, probably I'm, don't think that.
2: I'm going to go with no, they probably yeah. don't. Um, but, you know, with a game like this, I, it always reminds me of the the trap game sort of narrative and how we always talk about that. And every time you play a bad team ever, it's so... How are you guys approaching this? And just for once, it would be like, we're going to whoop their ass. What do you think? I mean, we're just going to pick this team up and drag them up and down the yeah. field because they're awful. I've been watching the tape and laughing. Like, it's hard to see the tape when you're crying laughing. I have to wipe the tears first. Like, just once, it'd be funny if someone said that. Maybe in the NBA, they would. Um, but, you know, it, it. in this case, it's always the same answers. It's always, it's just another NFL team. We're taking it seriously. And... And the the numbers, the people who have studied these things find that trap games don't really exist, that, you know, it's not like there are all these teams who are getting upset in these situations, that if you kind of plug in this type of situation where you've got another good team down the road, but you're playing a team that isn't very good, they've tried their best to kind of figure this out and you can't really find a connection almost all the time. The team that is heavily favored smashes the bad team's face in.
3: Are there uh, changes and or trends now that teams use when they play Sunday, Thursday, Matthew? Mm. As far as because you've got, I mean, you've got Buffalo on Sunday. Okay, that's a eminently winnable game and a bad team. But you followed that up with basically, I think, one full practice. To get set for the Rams on the yeah. road, so is there? Are, are they going to means uh, this week to try to do things to set themselves up for that Thursday game?
2: So I have not asked if they've been sort of double prepping. You know, if they've been watching a little bit of Rams tape. And, Coaches have and to be right. Maybe, th- yeah, maybe they're just they watching
1: be. Rams tape right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure yeah. it out against the Bills. I, Let's not worry about it. My
2: guess would be that coaches are, that they are working on some things, and, and maybe this helps to have an extra coach like Terrence Newman, where maybe this week he's not working on Buffalo at all. He's only working on the Los Angeles Rams. Maybe they split up some of those assignments. It's hard to say, but... Uh, You know, this is one of the toughest things you can ever have on your schedule is when you have a game Sunday, have to travel to the West Coast, no matter where you are. I mean, if you've got to go all the way out to Los Angeles, get prepared for one of the best offenses in the league in short order. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if for months they've been looking at different things that the Rams do. And trying to get ready for those things and what they did last year and how they shut them down because this is such a difficult test. They basically get no practices. It's kind of like, well, you get some meetings. And that's about it.
1: Uh, you, man, you know, it'd be kind of funny is if like if the press conferences on Thursday, the coordinator press conferences, if if the coaches were to get up for the Vikings and say, all right, Los Angeles Rams. And start going down the like the tail of the tape. Uh, coach, it's the, but the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo right? Buffalo on Sunday. Uh, well, we're uh, looking ahead. It's Rams week here. We're looking ahead to the Rams.
0: <laughs> well, does that make it, Matthew, even more important for them to, like, jump out 24 to nothing in this game on Sunday just so they take care of business in the first half, get yourself in a position where you can start playing your second stringers. Almost like you almost have to hope this is kind of like a preseason game, right, so that you don't have to have your, your number ones playing the entire game. So that they'll be rested and better better ready to go against the Rams on Thursday.
2: Yeah, I think that that is important. That they're able to like blow them out early if they can. Um, you, you can never predict these things entirely. I mean, if you were doing the percentages, an NFL team versus an NFL team, there's still maybe a 10% chance that the Bills could actually win this game. Yeah. So you can never say that it's not going to happen at all. That there's no chance. And but, when
1: that 10% cashes in, it's always because it was a trap game. Yeah, right. right? Correct. It's never correct. that. Oh, you're just going to lose 20% right. of the time. No, that's a trap. It's a
2: trap. And, and there are many random things. There's bounces. There's kickers. There's all that sort of thing. But if you were going expected result, you would say, well, they're going to blow them out early and I don't think that Mike Zimmer will make the same mistake he did last year against Cleveland. Now, Cleveland is a much better team, and this is how sad this is. Cleveland is a much better team last year when they go 0-16 than the Bills are this year in terms of their talent. So it wasn't super shocking that you'd be in weird circumstances and have them play okay against you for a half. But in the second half, they blew out Cleveland, and they kept Everson Griffin on the field. It was one of the worst decisions Zimmer made all last year. It was one that didn't click where... He left Griffin out there. He hurts the foot. He isn't as effective the rest of the year. May have affected them in getting pass rush on Nick Foles in the playoff game because Everson Griffin is so uh, you know so talented and so disruptive on the defensive line. And I think that this time around, if they're up 20, then they will take those guys out to make sure they don't repeat yeah.
0: history. I just keep thinking about you guys, Phil and Judd, you guys remember the, uh, the uh, Vikings— Versus the 0 and 16 Lions game where at the Dome, I think it was like 12 to 10. Or something. That might have even been the Orlovsky game where he ran out of the back of the end zone. And the Lions were end up being 0 and 16 that year with uh, Rob Marinelli. And the Vikings beat him like 12 10 or something yeah. Like, yeah. at the Metrodome. Yeah. Gus Farad, I think. But that that just reminds me of just this sort of uneven matchup. The Vikings got something booed, like This doesn't happen.
1: If I remember it, they kicked a game winning field goal. And I think the the crowd was leaving the stadium as the Vikings were lining up for a game winning field goal. goal. It, yeah, and they, yeah, got, they got they were getting booed in. as they were winning the game. And they deserved the it too. <laughs>
3: the offense, I I want to say in the first half of that game, the offense was just brutal. And I think they yeah. got booed off off the field. As they went into the locker room at halftime, too. And I think the Kierlowski's
0: oh, safety ended up being the difference in the game. Because I think the final score was 12-10, oh, to 10, yeah. if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, by the way, ESPN's Pick Center, they use number fire and team rankings to do simulations of each game. And the simulations have the Buffalo Bills scoring 12.5 points on average and uh, 14.5 points on average. I would mm. be shocked if the Bills scored double-digit points in this game. So good for number five.
2: I mean, maybe at the end. Uh, You could see that happening. I mean, if the Vikings get way up and they do pull players out. Uh, then, yeah, maybe Josh Allen drives a bit. And that was the same kind of thing last week where, yeah, he made a couple of throws, but they were against the Chargers playing back and, and not really giving 110% exactly. And and with Allen, I think basically from their perspective, if he survives this and even makes a few <laughs> nice plays, then they're in good shape. I was watching back. I watched back every throw he had in the in the game against San Diego. I mean, a lot of it. He made one or two where he throws the ball real hard. Uh, and it, it got to a receiver, but for the most part it's inaccuracies, incompletions, sacks, interceptions, and a couple of swing passes to Shady McCoy and that that, yes. that he got mm-hmm. some yards out of. So I'm sorry,
3: you, you said you went back and watched every throw he yeah, made in know. that game. Football. See what I do? Honey, come to bed. No, I'm watching Josh Allen cut ups. Football football. <laughs> yeah, football Honey. Football. Dinner's <laughs> ready. I'm cooked to a special candlelight. I'm watching Josh Allen cut ups, honey.
5: Football.
3: <laughs> the collars. Life with the
1: collars. Football. <laughs> but honey, I have football-shaped cupcakes. So for dessert. Here,
2: so here's what happens in, that, in the household. <laughs> in your cupcake. Or no, so um, your football house. My wife has to work a couple days a week, real early in the morning, and so she goes to bed early, and I'm just like. What's to football? You know, like so. Last night, I love how so, money, like Judd
1: probably goes to the computer as well and goes to websites, but Matthew uh, yeah, goes right. to different yeah. websites. Yeah. So <laughs> la-
2: just last night, for example, I pulled, I pulled Brian Allen, uh, uh-huh. not Brian Allen, Brian uh, O'Neill, all of his plays and looked at those and pulled a few that I thought stood out and wrote an article on that. And then so it's kind of like twiddling the thumbs. And then I was like, all right, well, let's. Uh, so I watched a, a Football Life. On Keenan McCardell and Jimmy Smith, awesome. By the way, so I suggest that one. I've seen that and one; it is very good. It's yeah. really good. One of the it more
1: underrated uh, early fantasy, like when fantasy football first started migrating to oh, the yeah. internet. Yeah, underrated tandem right there. Yes, for cause, sure. Because
2: it wasn't like it is now, where you just know about everybody. It was like you were only a, a Madden nut, basically, if you knew yeah. how good those guys were. So that one was super interesting, especially since their lives went different ways, uh, you know, after their careers. Um, and, you know, I've also been thinking about them as the last tandem that I saw like this, like Thielen and Diggs, where neither one is a megastar, but they're both just so good and unstoppable. And, you know, it's it, so I thought when I saw that pop up, all right, I'll watch that. And then after I was done with that, I watched a little Josh Allen, every throw that he made. That was then called the a Football
1: why we love you that's why we love you uh you can find matthew collar's work on 1500 espn.com and also the purple podcast sage rosenfels is a weekly contributor twice a week courtney cronin uh we actually we we have a purple podcast slash mackie and judd related content announcement for next week too we're going to expand the brand so to speak when we come back we'll wrap with now
4: back to mackie and judd Hello, boy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? <laughs> it's
2: pretty cool, I guess.
4: On 1500 ESPN.
1: All right, Mackie and Judd, let's get our friend Patrick Roycey in here. We spent the, the Timberwolves, God bless America. And I, I, mm-hmm. I was uh, chatting with Judd Manny off the air yesterday and said, you know what? Not that during football season you're really lacking for content, but as Patrick Royce always says, if by chance you are, God will provide, is what Pat always said. And the Minnesota sports gods have provided this week.
5: What I love is, uh, you know, when you're tweeting about it or something, you get all those response. Nobody cares about the Timberwolves. It's apathy. The NBA sucks. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, it's, uh, you know anything that happens is uh, national news. For, it's the only league that can compete with the NFL for uh, for noise, and that's uh, that's the reason it's so dang popular, right? Yeah.
3: Pat- yeah, Patrick, give me your best guess. How do you think this plays out?
5: Uh, I can't see how they can trade him in 48 hours, so he shows up Monday, I guess, unless they tell him to stay away for a week, and they're going to try to do something, but I think Tibbs probably still hasn't given up on having him play, but you know, I think if if you don't have, you know, if the only way you can sign him is to give him one hundred ninety million dollars, I'm not doing that. So, I'm. Uh, I, I don't know. Can you find anybody to do that too? I, can you find anybody that will? You know, the the idea that it's an incentive to trade for him because you will he's willing to accept one hundred ninety million dollars. <laughs> and if I, I'm not. Uh, I don't think that makes him a hot commodity, so I don't know. I got my trade though. I, I'm sending him to Brooklyn, and then Brooklyn's sending their number one and any player on the roster to Washington for Otto Porter, and Otto, Otto Porter's coming here because they paid Otto Porter 108 million, and they don't want to have to pay him that
1: much. So. I mean, that would I would Manny,
0: I would sign up for that right now. Find the wolves. I would I would think about that. Yeah, Otto Porter's pretty good.
5: And uh, I, I think they paid him more than they want to. So yeah, and, but, uh, but the trouble is, you look at that Brooklyn roster, and I don't know who the hell you take. So DeAngelo
0: Russell, that's, maybe that's about that's yeah, about but all you they
5: got. They already got John. They already got John Wall and Bradley Beal. They don't exactly right. need uh, need a guard. I don't know. It's but, fun though. Here is what I was hoping that was going to. I mentioned this to Manny, and you guys failed me though. I hope you were going to mention the. Uh, the uh, scurrilous rumor that Jimmy Butler had something going with Kat's girlfriend. Yeah, that's that that out. came out
1: that that came yeah, up on yeah. the show. Yeah.
5: well, that I was going to say, "Hey, you talk show radio hosts might dabble in that kind of nonsense, but we newspaper men have too many ethics to even mention it. <laughs> that, that course, you yeah. guys didn't mention it. Yeah, you, would... you didn't mention it. My 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 <laughs> moments keep getting screwed up. Yesterday I messed up the uh, the Daniel Carlson, and today uh, today you guys didn't feed me the lines. So, uh.
1: <laughs> I, I think it worked better this way. Well, glad we can find you on the high road with Denny Green there, Pat. Yeah,
5: right. I'm on, uh, my speaking of. Denny's going in uh, in the uh, Ring of Honor, huh? Sunday. I yes. don't know. I don't know who we're going to get to write the ode. I, I, I might be a little hypocritical of me to write it. So I, I don't know if we were having an ode on him in Sunday's uh, paper or not. The oddest Pat, was
3: a couple weeks back when, when they attempted to honor the '98 team at halftime, and guys like yeah. Matthew Hatchet showed up. And it ended up basically being a memorial to, like, five dead guys. It was just this bizarre. (laughs) No, Moss didn't show up. It was this
5: really weird. Moss and Gary Anderson didn't show up, for God's sake. Gary should have showed up and said, I'm sorry. I apologize. I made the rest of them. What's wrong with you people?
1: (laughs) Why is that even a season to be celebrated?
5: I don't know. That's what was weird. The twins, or you know, when they celebrated 2002, that was a little desperate. But uh, this was even worse. Yeah, but at least (laughs) the difference is these guys don't need it. You know, these guys don't need to celebrate anything.
1: Yeah, well, at least the 2002 twins, you can say, well, they avoided contraction and they, you know, rejuvenated the franchise. That's true.
5: But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, Judd, guess where I am? XL Energy Center. Oh, you are? I'll see you there, then, if you're sticking yeah. around. Oh, you're coming around, oh, stick yeah. around for a while, yeah. yeah. I'm doing a piece on this Nick Sealer kid who came out of nowhere and is now a member of their top six defensemen. It's unbelievable. though, right? I don't even think we knew he was a prospect, did we, last year? I don't
3: think so, no. 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 I uh, I I have very um, uh, tempered expectations for this club, Patrick.
5: Yeah, but part of the reason I'm here is you can travel 11 miles, and you go from the towering inferno to, oh, it's all balloons and rainbows, and it's another hockey season, and uh, we can't wait to come in and fill the arena, and uh, we sure hope the boys have a good year, and if they make the playoffs, <laughs> we'll be happy, you know. It's a completely different a vibe, to say the least.
1: Pat, were you one of the many who lined up with a glass full of lake water from your favorite lake at the Excel Energy Center last <laughs> yeah, weekend?
5: That too. What do we do? Okay, what do we do for the Timberwolves in that case?
1: I think we all pee in a jar and bring it to Timberwolves. <laughs> that
5: could be it. <laughs> and then, let, then have Tibbs wade in it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a dunk tank with people's dunk urine tank. from around the
5: country. <laughs> <Yeah>. Too <laughs> that, that would be a little harsh.
1: By the way,
5: uh, you know, the, the, if only Flip was still running the team, that's the, that's the theory, right? I, I mean, it's,
1: it, yeah, it's, but I don't know.
5: Flip took Shabazz and Georgie Jing instead of C.J. McCollum like everybody else in the country said.
0: Or Giannis
5: Yes, and he traded a number one draft choice. I mean, he gave away a number one draft choice for Adrian Payne. Let's not forget those things.
1: Yeah, Flip was. Uh, I I think it's more about.
5: There was fallibility
2: here.
1: I think it's more about. I, I agree with you, I th- but I think it's yeah. more about would he have gotten along better or, or done something oh, sure. more with Wiggins and Towns. Well, and, and, he, and he wouldn't have the made bottom the Butler line trade.
5: Becomes, and the bottom, yes, bottom line becomes nobody else would have made the Jimmy Butler trade. That's what the bottom line is here. And, you know, the great thing about it is we were we could all be wrong when they traded for Jimmy Butler, but he's the guy that's got to be right, not us. You know, we don't have to be right. I thought it was great when they traded for him, but, you know, I didn't know. And the other thing is, like the Clippers, well, it's Tobias Harris that people are talking about. He's already turned down $80 million. What the hell? He's not even established. You want to go trade for somebody like that who wants a max? I, I, I don't know. It's it's a, just a an unbelievable predicament here.
0: Well, you know I'd take Tobias Harris just because he's a former Tennessee Vol. Oh, sure. Here, so. I
5: didn't think of
0: all the glory he brought down there. <laughs> Thanks, Manny, Sco- Thanks. <laughs> Manny Scoggins. Did you make the tournament? I think it, I think what? they might have made the I think they might have made the tournament. Manny, all Man, due respect Bruce to your Vaughn. Oh, go ahead, Pat. I was going to say it was honest Bruce coaching them. I think Honest Bruce might have recruited him. I <laughs> See, that was my point. I said you <laughs> yeah. know you
1: know that your basketball program ha- has heritage when the most notable thing is the armpit they, they sweat ran, stains they ran, they ran of your my coach. guy
0: Conzo Martin out of town, so I'm bitter here's, at the basketball here's program. Here the
5: other thing, though. No. If Tobias Harris was, if Bruce Pearl was a coach, no wonder Tobias Harris wants 80 million dollars. <laughs> he used to get paid big money. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's oh why God. he wants
5: more than 80 million oh so, dollars. Well, enjoy the X tonight.
3: See you, Patrick. See you. Uh, I,
5: I don't think I'll go three periods, but I'll
1: enjoy some. That's. that's we'll that's break fair, it down for
3: the first 20.
5: Okay. See you.
0: All right. Bye. You, Talk face bye off strategies. Great. He's the greatest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, you know, I I guarantee they're going to fill up the X for every game. But this is definitely the least enthusiastic I have sensed fans in. Well, de- definitely in the Parisi era. Right? Yeah, I I don't think they're a playoff team. I just don't. Yeah. Mm.
3: But they're not they're not fun though. The Wolves are fun because they're so dysfunctional.
1: But the Wolves are the Wolves are going to be fun even if they trade Jimmy Butler for yes. a, a bunch of draft picks because you can watch Wiggins and
0: Towns and it. And you're you're and watching for the, the future? Down. Yes. Is it yeah. fun to watch Wiggins, though? Well, no. It, it is for it's Phil because he comes
3: in and pounds on the table <laughs> yeah. for
0: More three content. hours. It's fun exactly. crafting daily
1: rants about him. I'll say that. Uh, find us on demand at 1500ESPN.com and anywhere you would download podcasts. Apple Podcasts is a good place to start. We have Write That Down Friday tomorrow. Mackie and Judd.
4: Sports beat. From Charlotte, here's Dari Noka. Week three, Thursday night NFL. Before the season, tonight's matchup would have been worthy of a repeat of Real Housewives of Halifax or something. Jets and Browns? Yuck. But alas, it's not. It's almost yum, a tasty Thursday matchup between a fantastic rookie quarterback and a team who has sniffed a win so closely this season you can almost see them getting one tonight. Sure, one would wonder why in the world you'd put Jets and Browns on a Thursday night anyway, though contractually there is something that says every team has to play one primetime game, and tonight we're looking at Cleveland's. The Jets had that opening Monday-nighter, so this is their second of two this season. No question the NFL looks at teams like these and schedules their primetime, games early on when they're both still in the mix, so to speak. But given what we've seen so far from each, they could both be in that mix deeper than expected. Jets and Browns, and the Brownies are actually favored. It's a good Thursday nighter between these two. Who would have thought? In 60 seconds, I hate it, but I kind of don't mind it.
0: Guys, let's be real. When you look good, you feel good. At the JCPenney wardrobe sale, you can get 50% off select men's suits, separate sport coats, dress pants, and accessories. Plus, select dress shirts, buy one, get one free. Raise your game with Collection by Michael Strahan. All the right looks to take your style to the next level. Also, save an extra 20% off with your JCPenney credit card and coupon or extra 15% off with any other method of payment. Hurry in. JCPenney, style and value for all. Pricing and coupon valid, 913 and
3: 923. Credit offer subject to credit approval. Some exclusions and restrictions apply. See store at jcp.com for coupon details. At AutoZone, helping you get more done is what we do best. Like with the AutoZone Rewards Program, you'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend $20 or more five times. It's just one more way to get more done. Right now, save on five quarts of Valvoline Daily Protection Conventional or Max Life High Mileage Motor Oil and an SDP oil filter for $25.99. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. See terms at AutoZone.com slash rewards.
4: Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Jimmy Butler wants out of Minnesota. That news broke yesterday. And what's more is that he wants to be traded to one of three teams, Nets, Knicks, or Clippers. I'm an NBA guy. It's easily my favorite pro sports league, but I hate that it's moved into such a direction of players going one and done with teams, holding franchises hostage. This isn't good. Look at Minnesota. Finally, we thought they'd have a chance to really compete. Now, maybe we all overrated their young guys, but combined with Butler, it's a good future. For him to want to end that already, that's a bummer. Nobody likes the lack of true titles. Contenders every season, but here's why his demand is actually okay by me for whatever that's worth. He's not asking you to go to the Warriors or the Rockets or the Celtics. He wants to go somewhere they need him, to a franchise not already in the top tier. He's the non KD or the non Boogie Cousins. So for that reason, this is palatable, I guess. With the ESPN Radio Sports Beat, I'm Dari Noka.
6: We are KSTP AM, St. Paul, Minneapolis. We are 94.5 KSTP FM, St. Paul HD2. We are
4: 1500ESPN.com. We are.
0: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th.